0: This is the Summer's Off Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Jules. And I'm Mal. And I'm a SPED teacher. And I'm a Gen Ed teacher. So, welcome to the Summers Off Podcast, the show for all of you August to May schoolaholics taking the summers off to rest, re-energize, and get up and do it all over again next year. We're talking about teacher life inside and outside the classroom and what it's like to live as an educator all year round. It's not just for teachers, but also paraprofessionals, administrators, and anyone who calls school their home away from home. So, grab a room temperature
1: cup of coffee and settle in with
0: the Summer's Off
1: Podcast. We've already been playing school this summer with Get Your Virtual Teach On.
0: I loved Get Your Virtual Teach On. Did you love it? I loved it. It was fun. And you probably enjoyed it even more than I did because I was sitting there thinking, man, I wish I was doing this in person. And me in my
1: pajamas, hair unbrushed, still there. I loved being at home.
0: Okay, that does sound... Better actually, and you know what? When I think about it, sometimes the in-person conferences, there's, uh, it's it's a toss-up about whether there's going to be coffee, oh, yeah. or not, and you could get Snacks. up to the coffee, and all they have is sweet and low, <gasps> all right, Sin. yeah, sinful, or, or it's really cold, or there's not coffee, but or
1: the creamer carafe is curdled. Ooh. Creamer, carafe, curdled.
0: Blah. Alliteration. There's a teak.
1: In Wait. the podcast. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, uh, yes. And there was, uh, let me tell you, in my home, there was a hot pot constantly.
1: Yeah. Um, I've been embarrassed by the amount of coffee I've been drinking. And I've, it all started with this conference.
0: I've been proud. Of the amount of coffee that I've been drinking. I've had severe
1: heartburn and um, racing heart rate, but it's fine.
0: I've had heart songs (laughs) singing the praises (laughs) of the coffee bean.
1: We've already been playing school this summer with Get Your Virtual Teach On. What were your favorite takeaways, Jules?
0: I loved Get Your Virtual Teach On. Even though I love a live conference, this was so much fun. You liked being in your PJs. Yes. I liked the endless coffee pot that was hot and had my preferred uh, sweetener and. (sighs) (laughs) Sorry, Bert. But yeah, some of my favorite speakers, uh, some of my favorite takeaways from the Mm -hmm. seminar. So one presenter that I just loved was Brandon Fleming, and he talked about uh, failing forward and uh, that failure is a necessity in making progress. And he told this awesome story about playing basketball and how he was shorter than other players, so he couldn't, he had to get over this hurdle. And when he learned to dunk... That was the thing that changed the game. Uh, So it took his game to the next level. He could make it to the basket because he didn't have to worry about these giants around him. He could actually just get it right in the basket himself. And so that made me think, and I'm continuing to think and mull over that, and thinking, what could possibly take my teaching game to the next level.
1: Yeah, I liked him too. He was good.
0: He was great. He, he was, was inspirational. Great. But there there are some things that you will look back on and, and think, wow, when I did that thing, when I did that thing differently, or I learned to do this thing, that is what completely changed the game or of my I, day.
1: Or when I brutally failed at this one thing, it taught me to do this, and that's what changed the game for me um i liked naomi o'brien and lanisha tab they talked about creating a culturally responsive classroom and some takeaways that i got from them was that creating a culturally responsive classroom should not just be something that your campus or even your classroom should just be a check off that you know i have you know pictures of other cultures hanging up or i have like books representing other cultures Mm -hmm. um it's and it should evolve as your kids evolve, as you get new kids, like cult, being culturally responsive should just be constantly changing and you should be constantly addressing it. It shouldn't just be a check off on your list at the beginning of the year.
0: I think, I, I think that's really cool because I saw someone, uh, a teacher on Instagram had, or Facebook, had put up a pie chart of what her classroom library represented versus the actual demographic makeup of her school and they were totally different and she realized that she needed to change some things in her library to be more reflective of the students in her classroom.
1: Right and you never know what kind of student you're gonna get from year to year so Mm -hmm. again it should just be constantly evolving and changing as time goes on and they also talked about recognizing your bias and how you can have positive bias or negative bias and basically your bias is just what your idea of the perfect student or classroom is mm-hmm. um so the most important thing is recognizing when you have bias so that you can then change it mm-hmm. and that's how you are culturally responsive Yeah. so I like that a lot
0: I, I do like that a lot and uh a lot of those things to me were um really translated to my classroom because, uh, I have students with disabilities. And so if you're really focused on the classroom, looking like you want it to look, and if you want it to look like everyone is still and quiet, that's not a, a good measure. That's not a a direct correlation with how much students are learning, especially students with disabilities and students who are nonverbal that it's it's going to look different
1: yeah so yeah I think that like I really liked them because last year you know being a first year teacher you have so many things that you want to be good at and then you look back and you're like oh I could have done better on this particular thing Mm -hmm. and so I think this year my focus as a whole is going to be like creating like a good classroom environment. Not that I didn't have one before, but just being more responsive to the social emotional needs of my kids versus mm-hmm. just like plowing through to get to the academics. And maybe I need to be addressing, you know, the stuff of the heart more. Aww. So yeah, that's why I liked them.
0: Yeah, they they were great. Uh, I also loved uh, Hayward and uh, Star John. They talked about. Our professional life and our personal life. And how our professional tank can't be full if our personal tank is empty. And when we look at the big old Venn diagram of our professional life and personal life as teachers, we find that that little uh, football in the middle is where things intersect. And so I think that our... the the football in the middle it takes up most of the Venn diagram that our professional life and our personal life uh, overlap so much. And so that's why sometimes when we get to summer and we don't have those professional things going on, then it feels like, well, what are we doing? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it
0: feels like, well, what are we doing? What, how am I going to fill my time? Yeah. And that shows that we have developed a habit of neglecting our personal life.
1: Yeah, and to piggyback off that, I also liked take your time back, teacher with Michelle. <sighs> Forgive me, Michelle. <laughs> fear foray. What is it? What do you think it is?
0: I think it's Michelle foray. All right,
1: Michelle foray, and you know, let us know, Michelle, if that is not correct.
0: We fear eh, that it's <laughs> not correct. <laughs>
1: But but she talked about um, taking your time back and how time is your most valuable resource as a teacher. And a lot of teachers, they think that they're multitasking, but they're really just task switching, which is Mm -hmm. not being very um, efficient with your time. And so she talked about... um, Different ways to organize, and I love being organized.
0: I love finding new ways to be efficient. I love using technology to be efficient. Mount loves to organize. She is someone who color codes, and it's not just organized, it's also super cute.
1: Yes, well, and also I like to be organized to disguise the fact that I live in chaos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but she also talked about batching, and batching is something that you can do with a lot of different things, not just teaching. And she compared it to baking cookies. Like, you wouldn't just bake one cookie at a time. You would make the batter in a batch, and then you would make a whole batch of cookies. Because why would you make one cookie at a time? Well,
0: it would have saved a lot of pounds put on for right. me. <laughs> But
1: you can batch with lesson planning, Um, So just like I feel like the way I would batch is my lesson planning and planning out my units is Uh planning out the time that I spend on a unit. And I could do that using my Google Calendar because you can create different calendars for different subjects or whatever you want. And then that way you can just batch and plan out everything that you want to do so you know how much time you have for each. And then they also she also talked about. Batching with your grading, batching with emailing, like setting out a time to respond to all of your emails. And Mm -hmm. maybe you check your email throughout the day in case there's something you need to know. Right. But you set out a specific time of the day to respond to all the emails that you need to respond to. So then you're not just, you know, wasting your time. So, yep.
0: That's a, yeah, I, I loved how much she talked about organization and batching. Uh, what I really loved was Dave Burgess's Energy. He was, he's awesome. He he has a book called Teach Like a Pirate.
1: Yeah, I saw that today uh, online.
0: He, it was so fun listening to him and talking about uh, even just changing some of the nomenclature like, creating challenges instead of assignments for students and, uh, preheating the grill. Uh, he called it to get kids excited about learning by building it up, uh, surrounding it with mystery, starting to talk about it, you know, a week ahead of time and bring in this, you know, talked about this project where they all had to bring in socks and for, for this, uh, this activity, and and so everybody was like so excited about bringing in these socks and what are they going to do with it, and he wouldn't tell them what they were going to do with it. And it was it just it seemed like so much fun. And uh, he said, you can take your job seriously without taking yourself seriously. Yeah. And I love to have fun, and I don't ever want anyone to think, that I don't take teaching and learning very seriously just because I like to have fun. Uh, but
1: because we take learning seriously, we know that students learn when it's fun.
0: They Yes, they, they learn when they like you and they learn when they're having fun. And they're learning, especially those little ones, they are learning so much through play. Yeah, that
1: it, sock story reminds me of when I had... Well, I wouldn't say it's my idea. It was in the it was in the curriculum definitely. But Mm -hmm. for our rock uh, unit, where we started learning about sedimentary and igneous and all that jazz, Mm -hmm. we had them all bring in a rock, like a pet rock. Oh, really? And then we had this thing called a rock interview, where I drew a face on a rock and I would interview the rock and act like it was talking to me. (laughs) And that was fun.
0: You didn't have a rock concert.
1: Yeah. Everyone needs to dress
0: like the kiss.
1: The, the kiss. No one. No one even knows what that is. I mean, I do. Second graders, though. Yeah, no, I mean.
0: second grade. Sometimes I think. Sometimes I think something super fun, and and the students are like.
1: I think it's easier. What are you talking about? Yeah, I think it's easier for elementary teachers to like bring that creativity and fun into it. Like, it's easier only because the kids are so eager and like they get excited about it. It'd be hard for a. For a high school teacher to do it because some you know high school kids think that they're too cool for all that, but
0: yeah, I think I, I think as kids get older, you do have the obstacle of of being cool, yeah uh, that and and the coolest people I know are always the youngest people that I know. They're <laughs> yeah, they're doing their own thing and they're like, "I don't care. yeah, I like I like dancing like this. Who cares? Yeah,
1: I'm glad I chose elementary. Because I just feel like I have I have more freedom and I'm more encouraged to be fun.
0: When I originally got my certification, I got my certification in 8 through 12 English Language Arts and Reading. And I did that for a little while and it took me no time at all to realize that that was not where I belonged. But it... it <laughs> It took me a long time to realize where I actually did belong, which was in elementary life class. I love it. And there's no doubt. Um, but, you know, that's what happens when, when we make plans. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think some of my best high school teachers were the teachers who used to be elementary school teachers. Like, those are always my so? favorite teachers because I could just see they were trying to make it so fun. And they wouldn't really get discouraged because, you know, kids are brutally honest. They'll humble you. And so you just learn not to take things
0: personally too much. But I remember in junior high and high school that we would act cool, but we were, like, loving it when something was still fun, when something was still colorful. I mean, we didn't get to do, you know, in fifth grade, the last day of school. We all walked to the park and played on the playground and had a picnic. And then the last day of school, on in sixth grade, we had final exams. Ugh. It's just, it it's a completely different world. It is a rough transition from fifth to sixth. And uh, my and,
1: senior year was fun. Well, yeah. Well, because when we got done with exams, we had. <laughs> Did you, like, graduate early? I
0: graduated. Yeah, I graduated I a year early. Oh, so. yeah, I guess
1: you told me that anyway. But I remember after our exams were done, seniors were not even expected to be in class. And I remember we all wore luau costumes, and somebody literally brought their grill
0: oh into gosh. the
1: athletic parking lot, and we cooked burgers
0: oh my gosh. in the
1: athletic parking lot. No adult supervision, just
0: us. Open flame. Yes. Children with open flames. Can't get any more fun than that. (laughs)
1: That's Texas schools for
0: you. That's Texas. Our (laughs) Texas. All right. I mean,
1: I'm not saying that the administration necessarily let us do that,
0: (laughs) but it did happen. But we did it anyway. And now for a segment we like to call, what are you watching?
1: I'm watching The Politician on Netflix. The Politician? Yes, The Politician. It's... Pretty funny. And okay. it's about this guy in high school. This guy's name is Peyton. And he really wants to become the president of the United States. But he's in high school. So he's already thinking about all the steps he needs to take to become president.
0: Okay. So he wants to be as an adult. He doesn't want to become like the world's uh, youngest president at 18, right? No.
1: He wants to, he's making sure that he's his class president. He's making sure that he. Marries his high school sweetheart, even though uh. that's they don't actually have feelings for each oh, other. Oh no. But he's putting on this image and he's making sure his image looks really good from the time he leaves high school. I guess because he's seen all the scandals that presidents have been through.
0: Mm-hmm. So, sounds like he's setting himself up for a scandal.
1: Yeah. But it's really funny. And it's got Ben Platt from
0: Pitch, Pitch perfect. perfect
1: and Jessica Lang, my perfect. queen. From American Horror Story, yeah, she's the best. She's so she's so good in it. She in Big plays Big
0: Fish. I loved her in Big Fish.
1: She plays a lady who is compar- comparable to uh, Gypsy Blanchard's mom. <gasps>
0: oh, that's
1: good. So I'll I'll let you guys figure that out, but Ooh. it's very entertaining. But I've just started it, so I'm only in like season three of. Or, no, I'm only on episode three of season one.
0: Oh, okay. That's a big difference.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I really like it so far. Okay, cool. It is politicy, which I'm not that into, but mm-hmm. entertainment nonetheless. Yeah,
0: it's still it can still be entertaining. Politics is probably like the last thing on my list of things I like to talk about, but you can still have really entertaining uh, stories about politics. Right. Well, cool. All right, so you would recommend it as of now?
1: Um I don't know. I don't know if I'd recommend it because it's kind of inappropriate.
0: Oh, okay. So maybe That means inappropriate. Yeah. So give me ask me next scan- week. A lot of scandal. Ask yeah, me next week. Cuz you really flip-flopped on Riverdale.
1: Yeah, I that was like, "Oh, Riverdale." Take. And then I'm like, "Meh, Riverdale."
0: Riverdale. I don't
1: I just don't know where they took it. I just don't know. Anyway. Yeah, they
0: what are them. you watching? What am I watching? Okay. So, I'm watching Making it, and Making it is so much fun. This is its second season, and it's like one of those. Uh, it's like one of those competition shows, uh, but it's for crafters. And these people are incredible at crafting. And so it's uh, hosted by Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman, both from Parks and Rec. They make it so much fun. And it's uh, the judges are Simon Dunin and Dana Johnson, who I believe is a um, an expert over Etsy. And she's a crafting expert. Simon Dunin is a fashion expert and design expert. And all these experts. So it they use so many tools. They're incredible at construction, and they're just always thinking out of the box for design it's just if you love crafting or designing anything like that it's so much fun uh, to watch and there's even one guy on there uh, who's so inspirational he's 19 and so he's just this young guy who was really bullied in high school and he uh, he really got into crafting and doing uh, artistic things to cope with being bullied and being ostracized in his school. And it's just such a cool, fun, um, fun show. And even though they're really skilled at being able to use all these different kinds of tools, there are always uh, projects that they have that you feel like, okay, I could totally do that. And so it's just super fun, and really, it just makes you happy. It's, it's a good
1: show for teachers because yeah. teachers oh, are yeah. crafters.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And I wouldn't say I'm so much of, of a crafter, a but I crew. But I just like making things work for multiple purposes. So I guess I'm crafty in that kind of way. I'm mm-hmm. not making like decor, but I just like to make things that wouldn't necessarily you would you wouldn't think of that could work for something, I try to make it have multiple uses. So I guess I'm crafty in that way.
0: Well, and also I think as teachers, you know, you can, you can approach something and say, you know, this, uh, this activity is going to really pinpoint this state standard that you need to teach. And I'm always going to say, okay, is it also cute? Yeah. (laughs) Does it
1: have like, non-primary colors like are they neon because i don't do primary colors
0: really oh no i, I do like not. I, I like a primary color just like so fun
1: i mean i just like them to be a little bit a little bit neon yeah yeah
0: the palette i like those
1: astro bright colors you know what i'm talking about
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i like a
1: that's my color palette for my room
0: i like a carnival palette <laughs>
1: Yeah, that is primary colors.
0: Yeah, but I also like lots of textures and things. I just love anything that's colorful. And, uh, you know, you can you can give a kid the same worksheet, and whether or not it has a picture of a Paw Patrol <laughs> dog at the top, that will change the whole thing exactly. for the kid.
1: Exactly. <laughs> the clip art matters.
0: Yes, clip art counts. The Summers Off podcast is produced by Albi Robles Voice.
1: Thanks for joining us on the Summers Off podcast. I'm Jules. And I'm Mal. Do
0: you have any questions? Because we have questions for you. Find us on Instagram at Summers Off podcast or visit our Facebook page to join the conversation. We want to know your thoughts and opinions about this crazy life we've chosen inside and outside of the classroom. Enjoy your summer break and tune in for next week's episode of the Summer's Off podcast.